Hey, y'all. I'm Allison Asarch from Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, I'm Sean Fraser from the Ritzy Kids. Hunters, this is Johnny from Rail Motor. Hey, it's Shane from Blind Season. Hey, it's Rob Stanier, and you can check out my music on all the streaming platforms. Check out my latest music on all the streaming sites. Check out my debut album on all streaming platforms. Check out our new debut album. Check us out on Spotify and Apple Music. And you're listening to our friends, Braggy and Curly. My favorite brands from Australia. My two favorite podcasts is Braggy and Curly. Braggy and Curly. On the Unfiltered. Uh, hey there everyone and welcome to 132 episode 132 of the unfiltered and undiscovered podcast this is our final show for 2023 it's been an amazing year and i'm so looking forward to our final show and finally getting to speak to our special guest tonight but before we introduce our guest Please welcome the two co-hosts, the two guys that make the show. We've got Braggy from Adelaide and we've got Rossi from Sydney. How are you, boys? Not very well, Curly. Very well, Curly. Yeah. Um, uh, Rossi, yes. looks, Rossi looks tired. Um, but then I, I am a bit, actually. It's been a bit yeah. hard, but it's all right. Yeah. We'll survive. Yeah. We're limping to the end of the year, I think. Yeah, might be a good way to think. But Pocket Watch did some uh, pretty good stuff there on the weekend, Rossi. I see. Yeah, they did. A, they did a showcase, and they um, they came out and just did you know a new song that they yeah like they're they're getting ready to go into the studio, and we're just selecting producers at the moment going to the studio and doing a new song, and that's one of the one of the new songs that we on the new EP because they've just released. It feels like they just released the last EP, so which is pretty yeah. interesting. And uh, yeah, the song went the, it went really well. They you know, they played in front of about five hundred people, and they won a what was the stellar original artist award on the evening. Oh, so it was pretty good. Great, yeah, right. and, but the kids they just dig it. Yeah, they just they just do it for no other reason than oh, I was actually taking guitars for about yeah fifteen acts and so. And um, when they announced that Pocket Watch had won the award i just i was in a room full of young performers and i said well that surprises me <laughs> i was not expecting that at all and i uh, missed the whole thing i was just too wow. busy for that. tech and guitars at the time i think no i, I well, made a mate, bit of it i made a bit of a joke braggy that at 328 the song was a bit long so yeah i saw that <laughs> not but, yeah they're normally under two minutes the pocket watch ones aren't they they are but so were a lot of beatles songs i'm told Yes, correct. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, if yeah, as Angus the singer says, if you can't say it in two minutes, you're talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must be really proud, mate, because yeah, yeah. They, they sound great, mate. And as a lot yeah, of that, they're doing good. A lot of that stuff is is due to you as well. So yeah, well done. Indeed. I stay out. Of, I stay out. Of, I stay out of the creative process. That's all them. I reckon it's all them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they've just got yeah. the benefit of your experience and braggy. I've got to, yes. I've got to raise the test. We went okay, I take it. We went well. We won easily. It's great to see Pakistan come out here. They seem like they're our best mates in cricket at the moment because we we went over there last year, wasn't it? For the first time in twenty four years, and and I think the people of Pakistan were so happy that someone bothered to come and tour their their country. That was, so, that was a wild series, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a tough that series. Was- and, it's great to have them back out. And you can see that they seem to be a lot of mates between the two teams, which mm. never used to be the way in the in the olden the cricket from, from my era. So I really love this team, how they're, isn't it, they're isn't very Isn't that a bit of the IPL? The IPL that they all play yeah. the streets and know each other pretty well nowadays? I think so too. That's part of it too. I just really like the way they do. And, and Nathan Lyon got his 500th wicket. Oh. Yeah. 
So he joins an exclusive club there. He's only got the t- two champions in front mm. of him, McGrath and Warren. It's so incredible. I love, really, I love Lino. It? He's a yeah. fine South Australian. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, welcome our special guest, shall we? She's a proud resident of Nashville, USA. She moved from the little country town called Gunnedah, New South Wales, back in 2017. She's got 70, over 70 published works, a history of hitting some pretty decent milestones, I must say. Four top 10 singles, four CMAA nominations, and a writer's share in Australian and UK top 10 charting albums. Please welcome Katrina Burgoyne back home. How are you, Katrina? Hey, guys. I feel disappointed. I didn't even get my, I wanted a, like, you've got Curly, Braggy, Rossi, and Katrina. I needed a, I what's need a Bergsy. What's your name? Bergsy? Bergsy. That's going to be, Bergsy. I feel like I need a Y at the end, Bergsy. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the benchmark, really. Yeah, yeah. I work, I've got to work. I've got to work. I've got to work my way up to the. Yeah. The <laughs> All right, Actually, Bra- we always start with Braggy Katrina. By the way, so I've got a I've got a different first question because it's coming I'll, in I'll, off a short is coming off you know off a short run off a short run. I'm just interested in um, Katrina's last name because the the Burgoyne dynasty here in South Australia played for Port Adelaide. Sean, Peter Burgoyne and Sean, Sean Burgoyne, are they any relations? I'm going to break her little heart. No, what? unfortunately. Although someone has done the genealogy uh, and all the whole family tree back to England. Right. And all the Burgoynes are actually in Australia are connected in England. But, I mean, yeah. it's so far. I can't claim. I don't know. I mean, if you've ever seen me try and catch a ball, a little like kickball, <laughs> you would go, yeah, no relation. That, that's okay because I'm I'm not a Port Adelaide fan anyway. So okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> no, and I was you... like those boys would be like really help people remember my last name, but it hasn't worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, usually, my first question is I always like to know where the, the first time music was the thing for you. I know you brought up right in the country, right in the heart of country music in Australia, but I just want to know when that first time when the little the lightning bolt went off and you went, oh, music, I, I fucking love it. I want to do well, it. Well, I, I was always obsessed with music as a little kid. I remember being a toddler and playing around. Like they were a bit amazed by me as a kid because I would get a toy piano and be playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Like I always had something like I could hear by ear and play. But it wasn't until I was about nine years old my mum took us on vacation mm. to the outback of Australia. And so we, me and my brother loaded up the four-wheel drive and we camped on the side of the road, travelled the outback of Australia. Um, and honestly, we left Gunnedah three hours out of, the t- out of town. We realised I had no tape player, no CD player. We had the radio. And some, sometimes it wasn't radio service. So oh, yeah. um, uh, the only times I would hear some music those days were at camp where we'd pull up and someone else would pull in um, who we were traveling with and they would have a music, an album playing and I would hear, that don't impress me much. And like, <laughs> from that sure. moment on, I was obsessed with Shania Twain. So I made a promise to myself uh, out in the outback that I was going to learn how to play guitar and sing Shania songs around the campfire. That was my goal. 
And so um, we never went camping again after that trip. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I did learn the guitar and I, I, Shania was my first artist that I ever learned. Not a bad way. Not a bad way to start. Isn't that great, though? But, yes, you've got a guitar. You don't need the radio or anything, do you? You just Yeah, that's right. But, you know, it turns out I had to learn how to play it first before I could <laughs> sing it for <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Uh, so in 2017, Katrina, you moved to Nashville. I'm interested to understand the culture shock that you would have faced going oh, from Gunnedah to the country music capital of the world. What was that like? It's so weird because we watch so many, so much American TV, you don't think that there's much of a culture change, right? Mm. But, I mean, particularly in the South, it was very eye-opening. Like I landed... And um, I'd see these men walk in with camo and like into somewhere into a songwriting room with camo and a, a knife hanging off them. And I, I was just like the, that. And I'd be spitting in a cup all the time. And I go like, what are you spitting? Chewing tobacco. Yeah. I didn't even know what chewing tobacco was. <laughs> so like just little things, just little things. That, that, that was a, it was a, a big culture shock, but only by just little things that I did not understand. Um, like most kids, particularly like uh, if they're country kids and they moved to Nashville, um, they grew up hunting every morning, you know, that they would wake up early in the morning when the sun comes up and go hunting before school. And um, it's it's a complete different, different way of life. Um, and also to when you see an Aussie, you just go, oh, g'day, mate, and you, you become friends instantly with Americans. Um, I married an American, so I love Americans, but it takes, like, it's harder to get to know someone. It, they, they're kind of a bit more protective of who they let in their life, and then you have to work on, you have to chip away at them a little bit longer, whereas Aussies are like, yeah, come on over, come hang out. It's just we're kind of a bit more trusting than Americans are, which is, isn't a bad thing, but, um, yeah, it's definitely... Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely eye-opening. But now, I, you know, I, I get it. I get the culture now, and I, I love both. Yeah. I guess the country culture, though, too, is kind of a little bit different. I mean, America's such a big place. There's probably so many different sorts of cultures. Absolutely. Know. I play down at New Orleans, in New Orleans, uh, sorry, um, in Louisiana, um, and, you know, the French settled there. So it's just a different, completely different type of um, – culture altogether like a man came up to me and he goes i was staying at this person's house this random person's house they offered me an opportunity but i'd bought at their house right so i just kind of me being trusting cat would go okay i'll come up to your house and i landed i went to this person's house and the man come up to me and he goes hey baby and gave uh -huh. me a hug and like i was like uh oh baby and i ended up staying at their house and the first night i like locked the doors i had furniture pressed against the wall the doors i was terrified now i told my friend who's also from louisiana just up there and they go oh baby that we say that that's like something we say just like it's like friendly hey baby is something friendly and endearing in louisiana and mm. the people who actually invited me to their house they ended up coming to our wedding they're like my mum and dad Oh. yeah like now i get now i get it but it's just little things like yeah that scary kind of go, Ooh, okay but yeah that's just their normal culture <laughs> yeah yeah, but, yeah. But it, 
But it is like 50 different countries, right? Yeah, like you go you go all through the south and each state has really got a distinctly different culture. And they're very proud of their state culture, aren't they? Yeah, which I think is really cool, you know. Like sometimes we're a bit lax about things. Us Aussies, we go, ah, she'd be right, you know. But um, the the American, I used to roll my eyes a little bit. I used to kind of go, yeah, I do, yeah, no, yeah. But now I get it, and now I get it, and I kind of, I feel proud. I feel proud, like I even the the proudness of being an Australian is kind of like I'm very like, yes, I'm an Australian, or you know what I mean. Like it's it's kind of like ingrained into me now, which I love. But I guess living in Nashville, it's just mind-blowing how much talent there is around. Like you, know, you walk down Broadway and you stand in front of a bar and you walk five steps, you're in front of another bar and there's some, you know, there'll be an outlaw cowboy band ripping and then, you know, eight steps away, there's just someone doing acoustic stuff. And it's just like extraordinary the amount of talent. And that's just, yeah, like on public display. And you just, like you go into a lot of those bars and you go, you sit there and they which what does break my heart is when you see the guys having to go around with hats for tips. That really annoys me. But you know, yeah, like I no yeah. down on Broadway when I I don't play Broadway. Uh, every now and then I'll get a call and ask if I want to like fill in for someone, and I'll say, "What stage is it?" <laughs> and yeah. if it's a good stage, I'll take it. If not, I go, "Nah, don't worry about it." Um, no. But down on Broadway, uh, base pay. Uh, is normally sits around $75. That's what you get. And people yeah. kind of go, oh, but that's good. It's like a four-hour shift. I'm like, no, I mean, mm. that's yep. that's people's income. Like they they will play, like they, some people have to play three or four shifts for the day. Wow. Make ends meet. Now try singing that. Try singing like three or four eight hours three. for a day with no breaks, yeah. like no nothing. Yep. Um, but you know, I can only make my income from singing over in the USA on my visa, uh, my visa restrictions. So, you know, singing for $75, but the cool thing is, is that it really weeds out the people that aren't very good. You know, if you don't know how to work a crowd, you don't get the tips, um, into, you know, coming into particularly this Christmas, I have noticed that tips have slowed down a lot more than what they have been in the past. Um, yeah. But um, in saying that too, I play better shows now, whereas like years ago when I first used to play, I'd play for free at some places mm. and just play purely for tips. So, yeah. um, but it's a different different way of living, different way of life. You have to like, took me a few years to get over the stress of living from a tip bucket. Now I'm, mm. now I'm like, I got this. We can do this. Yeah. But, but you see what? so many super talented guys, like uh, like super, mm. super talented acts. It's just mind-blowing how good some of the acts are that are just playing you know, upstairs in a little place. And like you're just going, how can they survive? You know? Well, I mean, but, if, if you're playing two and three, four-hour shows a day, Rossi, hey. I mean, no. you're gonna be you're gonna be good, aren't you? You're gonna be getting yeah. You're gonna have your chops well, up. you know, and the singers aren't playing two. The singers might do two shifts a day, but musicians yeah. are doing two to three. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you, you know, know, sometimes too, you can make you know you're making good money too if you're doing if you're in a good band. You can you can make bank. You know, like I played Broadway before for seventy five dollars and left with five hundred bucks American. So yeah, it's good money. Like that's. Between three of us, so uh, sorry, as in like three, three of we had fifteen hundred dollars we pulled that day, you know. Mm. So like, like sometimes if you get a good shift, you get a good yeah. shift, and you get a good payday. But um, you know, it's but it is a hustle. It's it's a different kind of when you talk about culture. One of my biggest culture shocks moving to the USA is the hustle culture over there. Like 
I had a lifestyle in Australia. I, I could play like three to four gigs a week and then I'd just have my weekend, my weekday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at least with no working, you know, just chilling mm. out doing whatever I wanted to do. Whereas um, in Nashville, honestly, like yesterday was the first day I actually stopped and had a sleep and that would be the first time I've had time. Actually, I've, I'm pregnant. So when my first trimester, I slept all day, every day, I was really fatigued. But um, in, you know, reality, like my husband hasn't had a day off since uh, August last year. So, and we just work all the time. It's just the hustle culture. If you don't, if you don't, if you're not working, you don't keep, you don't, can't keep up. Wow. And inflation is crazy. Like we're at the moment, um, we were, we just moved out of our apartment. Um, it's like three and a half thousand dollars for, we were paying three and a half thousand dollars Australian a month for a two bedroom apartment, 30 minutes out of Nashville. So wow. just, it, the cost of living is through the roof too, as much as it is here, you know. They're Sydney prices. They really yeah. are. Yeah. 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 That's, and like a $700 apartment is just crazy, isn't it? Seven, $800 apartment. You just can't believe that. Oh, in a city, in Sydney, that'd be just, that'd be just a one bedroom uh, studio apartment, wouldn't it? In Sydney, 700 bucks. Uh, yeah. I'll, then again, yeah, compared to Manhattan, how much would that be? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. yeah now, Katrina, one of your TikToks that really, um, got me intrigued by you is that when you told people you came from Gunnedah, they had a, a misconception of where you were from. Do you want to share that story? Uh, this has happened way more times. And I just like sometimes people are so stupid. Sometimes like, I, I, I'm blonde. So, like, I'm also <laughs> stupid. But often uh, they'll say, Oh, where are you from? And I say, I'm from Australia. And they go, Whereabouts in Australia? Like, and I go, You don't, you won't even know where I'm from. And they go, try me. And I go, all right. Well, I'm from a small town called Gunnada. And they go, you're from Canada? Where uh, in Canada yeah. are you from? And they say, whereabouts in Canada are you from? And I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so that happens often, way too often. Um, now I just say I'm from a little town five, six hours from Sydney. Man, <laughs> there's a song. There's a song. Which you need to tell Texans is only halfway across one state. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about this too. It's like um, even the population of Texas, get this, right? The population of Texas is bigger than the population of Australia. Mm, yeah. That's right. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot of people. There's a, But, you know, they also say, here's another, here's another weird statistic. You walk past 33 murderers in your life. Wow. Yeah. You do it. And I so know that's, I, that's true of Adelaide. I know that. I think, well, the thing is, is, I think Aussies, like I think, I think Aussies, I mean, I, I think the percentage of mental health, you know, like um, it, it, per capita, I mean, there's a lot more, there's a high percentage I'm walking past uh, mentally ill Crazy. people in America. Than, than yeah. but, so, it's a, you know, there's just so many people. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be more to do with the health. Their shit health system, though, wouldn't it? But yeah, because they don't have um, in the mm. states. They don't have, as far as I'm aware, I could be wrong. Uh, don't have um, like uh, mental facilities, uh, mental health facilities mm. anymore. Like, they closed them down. I think because they were experimental, <laughs> electric chair kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, wow. I think I, I, I don't. That's as far as I'm aware. Yeah. But yeah, so. 
Katrina, you released music before you, here in Australia, before you made the big move to Nashville. What was the driving force to go to Nashville? You know, I released an album in Australia back in 2011 when people used to buy records before Spotify was a thing. And um, I sank so much money into it, like way too much money than I should have. Um, but mm. it did well. You know, I got nominated for two Golden Guitar Awards at the time and um, got a top 10 ARIA charting album. Um, but the reality was is, like, I didn't recoup. Back back then there wasn't a lot of opportunity for um, touring, for for uh, festivals. Now now it's, like, really exciting. There's a lot of these, a lot mm. of the young people that are, yeah. like, discovering country music, which is really cool thanks to CMC Rocks. Um, yeah. And then all these other country music festivals are popping up from nowhere, so which is super exciting um, as a, an Australian artist and as a, you know, looking at the Australians that are coming through, it's exciting for them. But honestly, I looked around and I thought in the last 10 years, there was, at the time, there was Amber Lawrence, Catherine Britt and the Wolf Brothers, three people that I could think of that had become full-time artists doing what they do without any other mm. side hustle or income and at the time i was doing pub gigs and i was doing pub gigs with morgan evans so like morgan evans would do the same round i would be doing but he would do it under an alias name and then go play shows you know his big shows um it just wasn't enough money in it, in it to sustain what I was doing and then also like to, to keep a roof over my head and also keep investing into making new music. And I, I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, why don't I just fully commit to it? And so I ended up going to Nashville in 2015. Um, and also, I also went through like a time where I didn't think I could do this. Like I, I, um, I thought, man, this is like climbing a freaking mountain just to get, just to get to Nashville. Mm. So um, I, I, I'm feeling, I don't know if you know about this or not, but I actually went on a TV show called The Bachelor Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Reality TV. Oh, no, I did see that. You did, oh, you did I see did it, Bradley? I didn't see it. I, 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 was, I was stalking you on, on the interwebs. <laughs> yeah. And I did see that. I thought, no, that, that's probably a different Katrina Burgoyne. I yeah, so I didn't go into it. So it was you didn't do so it. It was me, and I, I actually at the time I was doing photography, and I gave up music because there was what kind of future did I have? You know, like yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I could keep trying, but like I just felt like I wasn't getting anywhere, and financially it was just like I couldn't, couldn't. I just couldn't do it. Like I just anyway. Um, looking back, I could have. Looking back, honestly, but what I ended up doing was I went on this TV show and. The producers asked me to write a song for The Bachelor, and I'm like, I've, I look, I haven't written songs in a little while. I'm here to fall in love. What an idiot! <laughs> what an idiot! And uh, so, what, what I did was, is I um, ended up writing this guy a song, and I sang it to him. And then, but throughout this whole time in the house, it was really like a personal time for me. It wasn't really about The Bachelor. It was like that was a really pivotal moment of me going. If I can get through this, I'm going to go to Nashville. And yeah. so I was mentally preparing myself for the Nashville trip in the house. I come out of the house and then I'm like, okay, let's do this. And it's weird how the universe works. I got an email a few months later from a publisher saying that I had got a cut 
from a song, the one song I had demoed in Nashville, like in 2009. And so I ended up um, saving, I could, I put aside 350 bucks a week. I cut all my budget down. I lived off nothing. I never left the house. I just, I put 350 bucks a week and that's all I could afford, which is like kind of like 150, just under $200 a week American, right? So mm -hmm. it's not a lot really in the grand scheme of things. And I put together this album called Nashville um, that my friends helped me put together and um, I raised some money to pay for my visa and it took me a little bit of time. Oh, sorry, I went over for three months in 2015 first and I'm like, I have to be here. And then I, it took me another 14 months to make it happen, to get over there, get the visa. And I landed with about $15,000 Australian, enough to buy myself a, a really shit car that I still have and still drive. Um, and you yeah. know what? I, I have a better car now as well. Like that's like the runaround car that my husband and I drive because we own it. But we have this, uh, what is it, like a Dodge Caravan and it like looks ugly. Like it's like a soccer mum van. That's what I drive. And someone come to my gig the other day and I'm loading out and they, they have seen my music videos and stuff and they go, wait, is this your car? And I said, yeah. And they're like, I thought you would have had a better car than this. And, oh. and I'm like, I'm like, this is my good car. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I landed with $15,000, bought the car, bought a little PA system and then started knocking on doors and I have seriously um, gone down to zero dollars in my bank account. Like I have yeah. lived on the edge. Yeah. But seven um, years later, I'm still there. I'm married now. I have an amazing husband who um, is also self-employed. We like to live on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, uh, that, that is such a, an amazing story, Katrina. It's so, we love hearing stories of people just taking yeah. a punt and having a crack. And now that you've brought up your husband, let's talk about your one of your songs you released this year, Hubby in a Honky Tonk. So, oh. so that has to be way better than The Bachelor for meeting the man of your dreams. So, Absolutely. So I'm taking it's a true story put to music. You know, I was in Nashville for two years. I, I moved out by myself and it was pretty lonely. The first year... I was like out and about all the time, you know, I was always, I was out and about networking at bars and all the things. And I think I learned that like, if you're not drinking, you actually really don't have any friends. They're just drinking buddies. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, I, I got to a point where I'm like, wow, this is really lonely in Nashville. And so I actually, um, I actually ended up getting chronically ill the first uh, within the first two years. I had to have two sinus operations. I was it was almost going to be the end for me, and I booked a ticket home to Australia in two thousand and eighteen for Christmas, and um, I was going to I was going to come on out and get better, not go, not fly home until I was better. Anyway, sorry, I've got I deviated from story, but. I um, you know, I was like, I need to find a man here in the USA if I want to make this feel like home. So I did the only thing I knew how to do as a single lady is I went down to Broadway. To Into the honky tonk. Yeah, and so my mum would say, Katrina, you're never ever going to find a man in a bar. And uh, I met my hubby in a honky tonk. So true story. Oh. Yeah. I tell you and what. And so with my when I was sick and stuff like that, I was seriously. I mean, in three weeks before flying to Australia. And I, he said, hi, my name's Steve. 
I'd like to take you for dinner. And I thought that's a bit ballsy to ask me to take me for dinner, a stranger to dinner. I like that. So we went for dinner <laughs> and there's a whole song about that too. It's called You Can't Be My Rock If You Ain't Got The Stones. Oh. <laughs> it'll, it'll come out day. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he uh, ended up coming. We went up for three weeks we dated and then I flew to Australia. I'm like, I'm never going to see this guy again. Um, a month later he called me out and he says, how would you feel if I come to Australia to see you? And I was like, I'd feel Ooh. a bit creeped out. <laughs> but, uh, out anyway, and uh, I that's commitment. That's commitment. That's commitment. Yeah. I know, right? He's got the he's got the stones. So there's uh, a little forward. Yeah. So, uh, but I fell in love with him, and we've been inseparable ever since. And I look, I'm so grateful for him because honestly, through if I lived 2020 in in the states as a single lady i i think i probably would have packed up and come home i don't think i would have made it through without him mm. so and now i'm a dog mum too i've got a big german shepherd dog okay <laughs> i want to talk about the song though hubby and the honky tonk yeah i, lo I love it i tell you why i'll tell you why there's a few reasons first one i don't know if you've ever heard the saying don't bore us get to the chorus like aerosmith are fantastic for that you think about yeah. loving it, loving an elevator. How's it start? Loving an elevator. Janie's got to go, and you just hit the chorus straight away. But like, I love lyrics, right? And uh, Paul Kelly's great for rhyming things like 14 hours on a bus, you know, going across King's Cross. They they're rhymes that don't quite rhyme, but they still rhyme. And I just want to. I love. I met my hubby in a honky tonk. It was 10 o'clock. What drink do you want? And then for Freaking badonky donk. Badonk donk. donk. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that is so good. I mean, yeah, but, um, I, yeah, yeah, I know what badonky does because I'm a Missy Elliott fan. You guys probably didn't know that, but I, I, I like. No, we didn't know that. Female hip hop. No, like we did. And yeah, badonky donk. If you guys don't know what badonky donk is, it's a large African American woman's ass. Oh, <laughs> okay. I, I did think, not know that. It's a great uh, what I'm saying, Katrina, is it's a great opening uh four lines. Thanks, yeah. mate. I appreciate it. I made him sound like a real sleaze bag in that first verse. And <laughs> he actually wasn't really, you know, like you don't really tell the truth, the true story. He actually photobombed me. That's how we met. Um yeah, yeah. but you know, why that's not as exciting as no. you know, some guy checking out my badonka donk. <laughs> I'm at my hubby in a honky tonk. In around 10 o'clock Come up and ask me what I drink I want I call him I am my donkey donk He started flashing his credit card Playing a cool but he was trying hard But the moment that he stole my heart Was when he Got to party with our rowdy friends. 
but but one of the lines that I like in the song it's uh, my mother told me about the birds and bees and how cowboys don't stay too long. I, that uh, once yeah. again, just a nice little lyric there. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It was a fun one. I it's had just... the, I met my hubby in a honky tonk was a line like a, a title that I had in my songwriting book for a really long time and we were at, at a co-write with there was a new guy I had never written with before and another guy who is incredible with producing producing and a track guy and we're sort of sitting and we're like sort of half hitting things and I thought I were going in the room to write for the guy the other guy like the new guy that I never wrote with before and we threw a few ideas out and then I go I have this little idea it's like hobby I met my hobby in a honky-tonk and they kind of looked at me and like they thought I was crazy because that sounds like a stupid idea. Like I like I like the stupid ones, you know. Um, and then I go like you know it would kind of go like boom. I'm in my hobby in a honk of tongue. and I just started playing it. And, and it's funny when you get something that kind of like you think has a little bit of magic, it changes the room. And they, we all mm. kind of stopped. Mm. And I kind of he scooted out and around, bow, bow, and I just kind of played it, made yeah. up the words. And we, like, the boys just stopped and go, we're writing that. So it's really cool. So it's, um, we, we knew we wrote, we knew we had something yeah. there that day. So is that how you so do how most you of your writing? Oh, sorry, yeah. you go, Rossi. I was more, more interested about, like, yeah, you're working, you're doing co-writes, you're working with, you're collaborating with people. How do you, how do you put together the people you're going to collaborate with? How do you pick them? How do you find them? How does that work for you? Well, I mean, mm. in Nashville, it's such a collaborative town, so you just yeah. kind of, you know, like, and then you find, look, I have, I have a handful, I've been writing for a long time there now, and, like, a lot of artists or songwriters will do, like, two to three writes a day. Oh, I can't do that. My brain capacity, and I'm gigging, so I'll gig at night. I give me one gig, one co-write a day max. I, I even do two to three co-writes a week is maximum for me, right? So yeah. otherwise, I look, I still feel like the gold still comes. Um, if I write too much, I'm just chitting out. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, Clear I don't stuff. know how to say that. Yeah, I'm just like, it's just like I've noticed that, like, I could write 300 songs a year um, and still only get 12 gold good ones. Or mm. I could write... 80 songs a year and still get 12 good ones. So yeah. that's kind of where I sit at. So, I mean, um, it, from what I can hear, Katrina, it just seems it's the gigging and it seems so frenetic. So it must be hard sometimes to really come up with an idea that, you know, that isn't just, well, okay, see, i got this idea. Too, that's the thing too. It's like I feel like the best ideas are well thought out. Um, mm. For mm. example, I've got another song. Um, I've been writing a lot of songs about um, – I really shifted my sound when what I'm creating and having a honky tonk like is like the stamp of like the beginning of what's to come. Um, I love writing fun up tempo songs that make people want to dance, make people want to laugh. Um, so I like another song, for example, is called Wife Trial. And I had this idea of this song. I was my subscription was ending for something. I go, sorry, your trial has ended. It was just a trial subscription. Your trial has ended. It's subscribed now or whatever. And I go, that is like a really funny concept if it was like targeted at a man that you were dating. <laughs> that's, like the that's like The Bachelor. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, and you know what? Like I have this one songwriter that I write, I've been writing gold with lately. Like I just, the songs you were writing, I was so excited about. Um, I also wrote that um, You Can't Be My Rock If You Ain't Got The Stones with this writer. Mm, and yeah. 
he's like the writing he just was like one exit on the interstate away from where i live right so i had seriously like three minutes to come up with this idea and i'm driving along and i'm like this wife trial like your wife wife trial has ended some features are suspended and so i was uh, like uh, i was driving along good. and i was kind of like your wife trial has ended some features are suspended like washing them dishes and thinking that you're gonna get laid yeah so <laughs> yeah like, that's it so like and i will like because i like the funny thing i just because my yeah. personality on stage matches that <clears throat> so um and now it's like i'm really selective with who i write with um and if i'm not writing with my specific people that know my sound know my brand know my direction from here on out i'll write for another like i'm writing for someone else it's not it's not for me Hmm. But the go is as well that if you can get some gold and you write a piece, that's where the money is. Mm. Like, yeah. The money is that's the aim. That's the aim. Like if you don't write the songs, you don't get the money. I'm I'm guessing yeah. though that I'm coming home is is not like that. That seems to be a little no. bit more. Mm. No. I'm coming home is something that I wrote with um Australian country artist called Amber Lawrence. Mm -hmm. And we wrote it for her project in 2020. And, you know, she kind of come up with the start of the, the first verse of this song. And by the time I got to the chorus, I felt it so deeply. She, she kind of reflected on her husband coming home from the UK, the fact that the, everything mm. was closed down and people would be, um, mm. you know, but we didn't even have a title for it. We didn't, it wasn't called I'm Coming Home. And then I'm like, I just really resonated with it because it was 2020. I was meant to be home for Christmas that year. And... I just started singing, I'm coming home to the gum trees and a lamb roast on a Sunday sitting around the kitchen table in the town that I grew up. And by that point, I'm like, I'm crying over a lyric called The oh, man. that says lamb roast on a Sunday in the town that I grew up. And I'm like crying and I couldn't get past it. And we just like, that's it. That's where we're going. So, um, well, as soon as you sang Hug My Father, that's where I went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it, and I, you know what? It was one of those songs where, like, I said to Amber, I said, Amber, I really, I know we wrote this song for you today. I really want to release this. This is my story. Mm. And, um, but, you know, I mean, she she's further up the train than me. Um, and so I thought if there was any kind of success, it would be through her. Um, and then I just kind of released it as a, as a personal one. It was a pretty selfish release. Mm. So I released it as a personal it's a personal song, yeah. Good day, this is your captain speaking. Our flight today will be 15 hours and 10 minutes, and our estimated arrival in Sydney is 7.50 a.m. local time. Sit back, relax, and all my expats, let's go home. I got a ticket for a plane All the way from the USA Packed up my memories Left the weather behind The captain on a speakerphone Is the sound that I love most Holding on and nausea could make me cry I'm coming home to the gum trees And let most on a Sunday Sitting around the kitchen table In the town where I grew up When I fly over the harbor My heart beats a little faster Soon I'll get to hug my mother Tell the world, tell the world I'm coming home For you, 
blinds are down It's been five years I'm homeward bound Can't wait to run Into your arms It's overdue I'm coming It's got emotion in it. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a great little song. Now you've done a couple of collabs in your um back catalogue. So I I'm intrigued to hear the story behind I Still Call Australia Home, the Peter Allen cover, but also before summer starts to fall. How did they come to play? Well, you know, there's a bunch of Australians living in Nashville. There still is. And uh, my friend Christy Cox, she organised that. Um, um, I still call Australia home. Is was something just a nice little collaboration that we did um, with some of the country artists. There was Jed Hughes, the French family band who have blown up. Travis List, Christy O'Shea. Um, I think that might be all of them. So um, unless there's someone I'm missing, but. Um, it was just a really nice collaboration. You know, it had been a long time since we'd been home by that point due to COVID, so um, we did it. That's what we did. Uh, <laughs> before summer starts to fall, my husband, over 2020, he accidentally started a YouTube channel uh, for audio Acc engineering. Accidentally, yeah. He, he made yeah. like a, he had a YouTube channel. Oh, sorry, he, ha he had a, we bought something universal audio recording device and my husband yep. is a bit of a geek and um he ended up doing a video on this and it kind of like blew up when i say blew up like i mean like it it blew up for someone who never had a view on youtube like it might have got a couple of thousand views and we're like this is weird why don't you make another one and i had actually like i've been trying to like crack the youtube code for years now they don't try very hard anymore. But I had at the time I had been trying to crack the YouTube code, and it's really hard because there's there's entertainment. Uh, sorry, the camera's here. There's entertainment, then there's education, and if you can get an education YouTube channel uh, and be consistent with it, it could just soar. Whereas entertainment is still entertainment. Like people have to give their time, and I think that's the most precious thing to get from someone, right? So my husband. Um, and I devised a little plan with what I had learned. We kind of created this YouTube channel. Anyway, he's got like 11,000 followers now. And um, oh, wow. he's got sponsorships that like we have got the most beautiful studio. We're, we're homeless at the moment, but we had a beautiful studio at home that he built from sponsorships and from, you know, just pieces that he's collected. He's done really well for himself for, from this YouTube channel. And um, anyway, he created this um full production song uh on a device called the apollo solo which is the entry level device i think it's about audio six, interface audio interface so it's a six, right. about a 600 dollar product and he was showing people that if you can actually record a professional recording at home with limited nothing like not much so he created this whole track and he's like, he said to me and Troy, because we're mates over there, Troy Kemp. Uh, uh, oh, Troy Kemp was on that song, I'm Coming Home as well. But Troy Kemp, um, 
he lived up the road from us at the time and we're all mates, we hang out all the time. And we're like, he's like, what about you and Troy come and collab and write, write a song over this track that I've created? So we did that. We wrote, he can't, Troy come over. We recorded it in, and there's a whole documentation of the whole process on his YouTube channel. And um, it just blows my mind. I think that song's had over 300,000 streams now and was added to major Spotify playlists. It was probably my most, I think it's my most successful release, really, Spotify quite like wise. Um, and it was made on something that any average Joe can afford in their bedroom. Mm. Nothing says summer like key lime pie and lemonade Cruising top down and in the wind Doing that thing when you're making waves on the dash, feel the heat from the blacktop Heading for the coast for one last shot Of a little taste, a little getaway Before the season change Yeah, the winter turns to spring But before summer turns to fall And you're sitting on the couch and wishing somehow You could go back to it all I took out the good But that's the modern way, isn't it? It's the modern way that you know, digital technology has changed the barrier for entry, right? For it's everybody. incredible, it which is, isn't also isn't the best thing as, at times. But yeah, mm. uh, yeah, but I I know exactly what you're saying. Right? <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. but like, there's a good chance I've probably watched some of your husband's videos because like, I've spent you, years you watching have, tech videos. Have you come across Steve Kinney? I don't know. I'll have to have a look. Write, I will have a look. Write his name down. Give him. Give him a don't look. worry. I'll be. Oh, I'm there. Don't worry about that. Just like, can you please just like heckle him? Like, <laughs> he's like, he's so nice to haters. Like haters hate on him all the time, and he's so nice to them. But that's that's the thing about social media, and as a woman, yeah. it's even harder. So like, you're managing that social media channels because a they're hungry for content, and b people are awful and will say whatever they think. And it may yeah. not necessarily be gracious at all. It's so funny. I mean, Steve's so humble and like really grounded when it comes to like negative feedback. Whereas, like, I'm past the point. Like, I used to get really upset about negative feedback. Like, man, it would, it would. You could get like twenty. Oh my gosh, this sounds great. And then one person says something that is like makes you feel vulnerable, and you just like it. Just takes you. Like, as artists, we're all self conscious because mm. you know, like, we 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 want people to approve of us. Um, now I don't give a shit. 
Now I like I just give it back to him. And so <laughs> and, and, and Steve's like, you can't say that. And I go, thank you. Uh, they exactly. troll. I will troll them back. So I do that. And what happens normally most times is they normally end up blocking me. And I go, perfect. Because I just <laughs> give it straight back to them. Like, I mean, if you want to troll me and I just call, I blast them. Yeah, so. (laughs) (laughs) But the the tech guys are even worse, actually. All those tech nerds are even worse. The tech guys are even worse. They've all got opinions and they're all just, oh, it's just, yeah. Well, I mean, and I think, too, sometimes the thing is, is that, like, there's a lot of tech guys on there that are really, like, they'll have a day job, you know, and they're not really audio engineers i mean mm-hmm. steve he, my husband's a cinematographer and that's where he makes majority mm-hmm. of his money but he also does audio engineering and production he does all my production um but we do that because everyone in nashville i mean the, you can make more money for cinematography in yeah. less time than working for at steve's level i mean like uh, for audio engineering you you're working with the greenies that that you're spending a day to auto tune a vocal, yeah. so mm. it's just the it, 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 for their budget, you work more. Yeah, yeah that's exactly mm. right, and, and the, uh, yeah, but as a cinematographer, yeah, like all those, but all those production skills must come so in handy right across the board, right? Well, you know, it's just so funny, like, and he is like incredible. He's like such a believer in. I say. I say our music because it is our music and he's been a big influence in like um my sound and where we're going and um really harnessing that live show and writing songs for the live show um and whereas before i just was the creator i just wanted to create something beautiful whereas now i have direction he's been incredible but he grew up loving 80s rock bands so like def leppard uh and we kind of like went through our influences and we come down to Mutt Lang, the producer. I was gonna say Mutt Lang because of Shania. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shania back again, yeah. Yeah, Shania so, back. Here we go. So and that and like knowing that and finding and like really discovering that. And he's like, why don't we why don't we use Shania as like what happens if like you know I'm 35, right? So I'm a little bit older now. I'm, I'm not like young, super cute. I can't sing, you know, I don't can't sing the songs about love and loss about as a boy that I know for three days. Um, so but we sing like when I write, I write songs about positive, uplifting songs, kind of like Shania did, a bit quirky, um, but also promoting like families, marriage and like unity and like mm. kind of leveling up the man making the man feel like Shania did that. She kind of made men love her, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. She made men love her and women love her. So, I mean, but I don't know how to do that, well. but I'm that'd, working on it. That'd play well in the South. Yeah. <laughs> that'd play very well in the South. And yeah. that's fine. You know? Like, you um, don't know what your audience is, what your market is, right? you got to know yeah. who, you're sell- who you're trying to sell to. Yeah. And mm. also, too, like, because the streaming doesn't pay anything. Um, that's right. Uh, it all comes down to the live show. So, like, if we're if we want to have a kick-ass live show, you got to have kick-ass songs for the live show. And so that's yeah. what I mean. Hubby and the Honky Tonk is like the beginning, the stamp of of that of what's Excellent. to come. 
Excellent. Now, Katrina, we've um, gone through some of your back catalogue as well. I know Braggy's got a couple of favourites, but I've got That's to say awesome. I like 25 cents in the ashtray. That's, oh, thank you. That That's is a such story a... about being broke with a big dream and yeah. having 25 cents in the ashtray. <laughs> I, I see a lot of your journey and your stories written in your songs, but Braggy's got one in the deep. Well, I went right back because... I thought I just look. I went, holy shit! You're putting something out in 2007, right? So I think okay. that's a, a long time ago. No, oh, look at it. Don't oh, she's worry. got. She's worried. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just said before you, you said I can't write songs a bit about you know you know falling in love with a guy for three days anymore. But that song dumped. I mean, I I fucking love that song. <laughs> I wrote that song when I was 15 years old. Did you? With a guy it sounds called... like, well, it sounds awesome. It's got a real, it's got a real Australian vibe to it. Australian eighties vibe to it, almost. That's cool. It's got a groove yeah. to it. There's a guy, there's a songwriter guy called Matt Scullion. I don't know if you've ever come across Matt Scullion, yeah. but he has um, written some songs for like Lee Kern again. Yeah. And um, he's a great songwriter. And he was just, I was this little goofy kid with frizzy hair, and. Yeah showing up at all these songwriters nights and like none of the kids my age were doing that like i would so i'd befriend all these people that were my age now and they just took me in under their wing and matt scullion was one of them mm. and i would write with matt scullion often and he really was a mentor for me and this song dumped was what we wrote I, that that was actually my year 10, what was it, my year 10 work experience, I told my school that I wanted to have music industry work experience. So I found, they said, look, we don't know how to get it for you, so you're going to have to figure out how, how you can class it as work experience. So I did a week songwriting and then a week in a, a I worked at um, Compass Brothers record label in Sydney for a week as well for work experience. So Compass Brothers at the time had Adam Brand, Melinda Schneider, um and i was just the coffee girl and just the little runner doing tasks they were trying to find tasks for me all the time or they'll send me out with um people to write with so it was cool but um yeah and i wrote that song in work experience in yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a good song rossi you should check it's it out rossi nice. it's a real I'll, good feel I'll, to it I'll and you know what it was that. originally like it was actually originally about it was actually i'm dumped i'm so dumped dumpty da um you know what it could have been a taylor swift song you know she could have written that she could have written that when she was you know starting out too you know so yeah um yeah we talk to people all the time curly and rossi don't we that say Mm. oh from the moment i did this i thought this is what i'm gonna do but i think katrina you're the first one who you can almost draw a line from that time it seems to me that you went camping or out to the outback with your mum and heard shania twain everything you've done including the bachelor has just gone a beeline to Nashville and you know. I have been very obsessed it's just interesting it's like I've been very obsessed with like I lay I lay in bed at night thinking oh my gosh what I, I just haven't broken through you know like I've seen a lot of people who have got lucky breaks that haven't been doing it for as long as me or mm. um you know I just haven't had that lucky break and I don't really know what it is maybe there maybe my time will come maybe it won't um but you I have fun I, I'm well, not really half the time. It's a lot of work. No. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Um, but the thing is, is that like before I went on The Bachelor, I actually had a little dose of depression. And it was mostly depression because I knew if I wanted to do this American thing, it was going to be too hard. Like I, I just thought, how can this little gun and I girl 
moved to Nashville and do all these amazing little things that I would love to do. But I just don't think I just it's never gonna happen for me. I'm from Canada. You know, I told myself I couldn't do it. And then um really going through the bachelor, having some personal healing time and like gaining my belief in myself. Like I went on the show, the only person on the house medicated for depression. And then I realized that, you know what? We're all a bit effed up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not special. We're all a bit effed up. We're all on the spectrum somewhere. Yeah. And so like I got off the show and I'm like, if I could feel proud of the person I am, why don't we just do it? And so I ended up writing a list and writing goals of like what and I I often get like I had a big old um I had a TikTok rant about this because someone said, Oh, look at you, you've sold out, you've sold whatever it was. Shoot something, me now. Yeah, something. It was an Aussie who said it. Um, some something. Someone said something, and I go, you know what? Here's the deal. Like I'm from a small country town. I remember after The Bachelor, there was one incident on that show where the it was edited in my mind. I got the rose, and I'm like, I would love to spend some more time with you next week, right? I was trying to be flirty. I was trying to be cute. I look like a bitch. I come across like the biggest fish in the world, right? And but you get the villain my, cut. You got the villain yeah, it was cut. Never my intention. Yeah. I got a, yeah. I got memed. They memed me and said I would I would like a bit more attention next week. Anyway, uh... so someone in my small town came up to me. I was talking. I had just got back from Nashville in 2015. It was 18 months since The Bachelor. I get home to my small town and I'm on cloud nine because like I finally I. I see a way forward. I feel like for the first time after years of wanting to do this, it actually isn't going to be that hard. It's just finding If I had all the money in the world, I could do it tomorrow. All it mm. is now is I've got to knuckle in, get the money together and make it happen. And uh, this gentleman come up to me at the pub and he said, hi, I'm such and such. And I go, oh, my gosh, I've heard so much about you. You're my dad's, you're my stepdad's friend. Um, and he goes, yeah, I just wanted to come and tell you that I watched you on The Bachelor and I thought you were a bit of a bitch. And I was like, okay. And but that's like typical small town Australian. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they yeah. think that they know you well enough to Come say something like that to yeah. you, right? But like, and that's it's just called mm. poppy syndrome, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was ranting about that the other day, but like, I wish, I wish kids, particularly Aussies who have dealt with either small town syndrome or tall poppy syndrome, that um, if you just write a list out, achieve the next thing in line. It could amount to something really big. Mm. It doesn't have to be like today. I'm gonna um, go on a international worldwide tour opening for Keith Urban. Like that's not tomorrow's goal. My goal is to. That would be a great mm. goal. That'd be a really good goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like, like I don't know what tomorrow's goal is, but you know, I mean, tomorrow's goal for me is to have my baby nice and healthy and yeah. everything's yeah. going good. You know, yeah. but um, so. Yeah. So that whole reality TV thing is like just takes you on a very strange place, doesn't it? Like, yes. oh, would, like yeah. you don't realize the reach of it. You don't realize how far it permeates. You don't realize how many people see it, and it's just and how, terrifying. And how little control you have with it. Yeah, oh, many, yeah. Which, which is what I'm feeling right now because we're just about to come to the end. So I need yeah. to sort of round <laughs> it all up and well, wind it all bring up. Bring it in. I've got a I've got a question that can bring it back, I think. Before okay, I go for it. That's okay. Yeah. Trina, you I mean you've written the song I'm coming home and you're home now. And I I'm assuming you're gonna have your baby here in Australia. 
I'm not. I'm gonna have it in America. Oh yeah. So yeah, he's back to Chrissy. We're back to Chrissy, and I'm seriously, please send some prayers up because I am flying out right before the deadline of being able to fly internationally. So let's oh. hope she's healthy and I can fly out. Mm, right. Yeah. Well, that's all right. But, I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking there's a whole other series of songs that are going to come out of this. Yeah. No, no doubt. Are you, you looking forward to it? I am. I'm terrified, but looking forward <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah, of course. It's more so like, you know, I make my money by playing out every night and with a baby yeah, yeah. it's gonna be hard but um it look i mean playing out at night times and riding through the day but um it's gonna be fine I, I honestly think like here's the thing i'm 35 and i got to a point where like i thought by 35 i'd be further in my career than what i am like i really thought that i, I thought i've been doing this like i've been full-time 17 years and yeah. been writing songs since i was 11 uh and i thought if i do not if I do not just like at least be open to the idea of falling pregnant and having a baby now, then it may not ever come and I may not ever get the career either. So we just left it to the universe and said, let it happen. Oh, I'm just, awesome. I'm, I'm tired talking to you. Sorry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm boring. I, All right, no. I don't, I don't so, mean like that. I'm just exhausted. You're just, you're just so hundred percent full on. I love it. It's just yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. So let's talk about your Australian tour. You played Sydney on the weekend. How was that? I was awesome. And you know what? I actually there's a girl there who who first discovered me on The Bachelor. Oh. And I'm like, that is so weird. And then yeah, anyway. That's so cool. um it was wonderful. And then we're going to Townsville, your old stomping ground. Woo! Yep. It's and um, now, can we just um, so Townsville is the Buckwild Country Barn sessions? And, oh, we know and, about Buckwild. Oh, yeah, and on the same um, bill is Katie Brook, who's been on the show, and Josie, who's been on the show, oh. and uh, mm -hmm. Zach and George. Yeah, Zach and George, and our country music correspondent, Big Stew, tipped Bella McKenzie as his tip for 2024, Ooh. and she's on the bill, so that should be a great. A great, great, great um, show. So then you're in Gunnedah playing the town hall. That I, yeah. And to me, I, I think, is that what you're most excited about, going back home to your town, hometown? Yeah. It's, it was the first stage I ever sang on. And, yeah, I mean, the Gunnedah oh. show is um, – it's pretty special. Last time we were, last time I played the town hall, I, I didn't think anyone would show up, and um, I was just so blown away. Um, I just can't wait to see my my hometown peeps. Be good. <laughs> and then Newcastle on the thirteenth, you're playing lefties up here in Brisbane on the nineteenth. I might be a visitor to that show, Katrina. That'd be I'd awesome. Love, I'd, I'd love, love to come in, and I might I might take Big Stew. And then you've got Tamworth on the twenty second. 22nd. Mm -hmm. That wow. is excellent. So, all over but, the place. yeah, it's, uh, and then you're back to Nashville, I take it. I am. I fly back to Nashville on the thing. It's the 28th. Okay. And there's a now, baby just, somewhere. Just, <laughs> yeah. <incredible. Yep. laughs> so, the, um, the final question I've got, um, for you, Katrina, and bear in mind, we will have all Katrina's links in our show notes. And the songs that we've edited in will be links in the show notes as well. I have to ask this. Have you missed Twisties? I actually, hang on one second. I, I know we're, I'm killing time here, but I ended up doing this yesterday and I didn't post it because it looks so stupid. This is me on a TikTok. 
Yeah. <laughs> 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 then not oh. twist. You say chicken twisty. Went say chicken, chicken twisty. Went for the chicken ones. Yeah. The, the chicken right. ones. I I had the the cheese ones the other day. I'm like, ah! that, that's all I had. And I'm like, I need the chicken ones. I have some in the fridge in the cupboard right now. So, I've got my sister-in-law uh, here. We've got our sister-in-law here from Texas at the moment, and they're loading up on chocolate to take back as well. Uh, yeah, it's you, hard. Cherry you gotta love it. You gotta love a twisty. I came home today and just had some twisties, and I thought to myself, "Wonder if Katrina's missing twisties." <laughs> that is so weird. We're on the same page. Uh, uh, Katrina, it has been an absolute joy having you on the show. And uh, as I said, all of Katrina's links will be in the show notes. As for everyone else, this is our final show for 2023. If you have enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review. We're on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. We've got a website, Unfiltered and Undiscovered Podcast. We will be adding Katrina's songs to our playlist, the Fierce, sorry, Fresh and Fierce Female country artists and also our unfiltered undiscovered playlist on spotify i have no lyrics from the playlist that can wait till 2024 um on behalf of me braggy and rossi i hope everyone and of course katrina i hope everyone has an amazing christmas and a really safe and uh, festive season we will be back around the middle of January, so we're going to enjoy our break, especially Rossi. Um, he will enjoy his break. Katrina, once again, just thank you so much for coming on the show, and Thanks we'll see everyone you. next year. Bye. I got 25 cents in the ashtray Scratched up $12 cheap shades A quarter tank on a highway Dreaming of someday And I'm thinking I sold everything for a dream And I take it to catch it
cheap shit